Hello! Hey, new episode. Welcome to... What's this, what's this called? Intellicast! Welcome while. to season... This is crazy. Is this season six? This is season six. That's crazy. Welcome to season six, episode one. This is Intellicast. I'm Brian Lamar. Brian Peterson, as always, here. How you doing, Brian? Doing pretty good. Back from a nice little two-week... Or we'll call it a full 16-day vacation. It was nice. Yeah, yours? welcome back. It's our first new episode in quite a while. Um, so thanks for coming back. Thanks for joining us for Season 6. This episode brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research, or IntelliCast1. And you can text us, 513-401-5463. Oh, 2023. 2023. Man, I, yeah, I feel like I took a week off, and we'll talk more about my week off here in a second. But it feels like I haven't really worked in three weeks. Like you. I, I felt like I have been It was almost before. three weeks for me. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, this week has been hard to get back into, which always is, I think. It's cold. Tuesday was a little hard. And, it's also feeling – it now it feels like it like entrenched in it. It feels like a normal week now. Like it, yeah. the first day was a little rough, but now it's like – Oh, I'm ready for the weekend and realize it's I've only, this is as we're recording, it's a Thursday. Like it's only been two and a half days at this point, but it feels like it's been a full week already. Yeah, we the um, we were blessed this year that um first full week is not full week back, it's a short week. Yeah. That helped out. You um, could be like my children and only go like a full week once this month. Oh yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. This will be a news episode and just kind of an update episode. Kind of a lot of things to talk about, so you want to get into it? Yeah. Should we? Let's talk about the one piece that you and I were talking before we started recording. This hits home for a couple, for me at least. Yeah. Um, it is not only a big story here in Cincinnati. It is a big story nationwide. It coalesces sports and just the human element of it. And we're talking. DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's talk about that. So I, I'm sure you were watching the game. I yeah, I did not actually get to watch it that night. Woke up that next morning and saw all this along Twitter and news alerts and went, what? And I have not tried to find the video. That's kind of one of those oh. things I try not to do. Like, like yeah. how, But, I mean, that's a scary aspect. We'll yeah, start there. Yeah, but perspective, um, we had coworkers and friends that were there at the game. But he, first of all, it was a huge game. Oh. Important game, two of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, Marquee game, not only of the week, but maybe of the month. Yeah. And, you know, the city was just going crazy to have this game. Bengals been playing really well. And then this happens, and you immediately put things in perspective that this is a game. These are kids hitting each other, and this is a risk every time you play. And that's the first time I've ever seen. I've never seen an ambulance on a field before. Never seen what I saw on TV of people openly crying on the sidelines, players, NFL football players, openly weeping on the sidelines for what they were going through. I can't even imagine the trauma that everybody has gone through just, you know, experiencing this. I mean, as a viewer, it was traumatizing. Can't even imagine being, you know, on the field. But, um, yeah, so we were talking about because they're doing – the doctors are giving a press conference now. So this was Monday night. We're recording Thursday. He's um, doing much better. Really good update today. 
awake okay. seems to be have full cognitive function is not quite the term they used, but we'll go that, which is yeah. the biggest thing because I think that was their biggest concern. Yeah, blood to the brain is the concern. And then, and that's what we're talking about. So, and then it's a yeah. miracle how fast the bills, trainers identified what had happened and escalated to the emergency response team, which are doctors. And within one minute, they had identified what had happened and are trying to fix him and ensuring that he continued to get blood to the brain. Yeah, but, blood, oxygen, all that, the, the big stuff, yeah. And, you know, that's how people die when they have heart attacks, unfortunately, is, yep. you know, you wait too long. Or a stroke is another example. You wait too long and there's no chance. And your dad went through something really similar. Right. So, yeah, as I mentioned, while not playing football or anything like that, this this, this kind of thing did hit a little close to home for me. It will have been four years ago in February, my dad had a heart attack and it was while at work, just was sitting at his desk and down he went. And it was kind of the, all the things that needed to go right because of the type of heart attack it was, it was the person, his, the person who sat next to him heard him fall and started chest compressions immediately. The fire department down in Sharonville where GE Aviation is happened to be like touring the his building at that time and was on his floor so they right. had paramedics there within two minutes and was able to get him to the hospital immediately and all of that and they credit all that like it all of these things had to happen otherwise he wouldn't have survived yeah and there's a um, new story about um you know he, he met met the, the uh, response team right yep met the response team um all of that met all the people that helped along the way um it was a three-month recovery but yeah. and from the type of heart attack he had, he had less than a half a percent of full recovery. I guess I'm lucky to say he's at full. He's had a full recovery. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, so that kind of hearing that and like, oh, is he going to the recovery piece? So it's great to hear that today as they're announcing. Hopefully, like, yeah, hopefully we have a similar outcome. It's yeah. still a long way to go, but this is this is huge signs. Right. Um, this Maybe, kid. This has a normal life. It's the number one thing, right? Right. Normal life. I don't know if it's a return to professional football, but right. a, a normal life. Like, yep. Yeah. So and that's the I checked thing. this morning, you know, Monday night, he had raised a few thousand dollars for a, a children's charity in Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh. And yep. um, this morning, it was over $7 million, which is. I mean, there's always positives, and we'll hopefully we'll have a lot of positives that will come out of this when the heroes will be acknowledged, and he will hopefully have a normal life, and that'll be the yeah. fun stuff. But um, seven million dollars to charity, you know, people step up in these situations, and the city of Buffalo is known for this. And there's a story when uh, the Bengals a few years ago were horrible, and they came behind and won a game last game of the season at the last minute. And it put the Bills in the playoffs, and the Bills were so happy about it, they donated all this money to Andy Dalton's charity, who was the quarterback at the time. And they're known for that. When Tua, the quarterback for the Dolphins earlier this year, had a concussion in Cincinnati, ironically, the Bills Mafia, as they're termed, donated all this money to Tua's charity, and they're known for that. And so it was cool to see not just the Cincinnati area, but primarily Cincinnati, but the NFL and just normal everyday people start donating to this kid's charity, 24 years old, who, you know, had a couple thousand dollars in it because he's not a super well-known player. He's young. Sixth round pick. 
yeah, he's going to yeah. get out of the hospital and there'll be millions of dollars towards his charity. That's just, it's kind of a cool story. That and just how, just how the fans on both sides, it's kind of that coming together piece yeah. that you see. Because let's yeah. be honest, beyond this, the city of Buffalo hasn't had a great 12 months, let's put it. Yeah, I saw I mean, tweets about all the things they've been through in the past year. It ain't pretty. No, there was, it was a racist shooting at a grocery store. You had two blizzards. You had, I mean, yeah. city's had a rough time. Now yeah. this, I mean, so. Yeah, these cities will be, um, there'll always be a bond, I think, between the two now. Yeah. Because of, I mean, we're known for having good medical care, and I think any city would step up and, in the situation and we're fortunate to be in a city that did and uh, you know these two cities will be bonded forever the other piece that came out was that did you know that joe burrow and the uh, buffalo quarterback were good friends and trained together yeah when he came out like that leadership of hey we're going into the we're going over to the other dressing room let them know where we stand here to show that we're with them and all of that that i think what joe said like I think it was yesterday when he had yeah. talked to the media. Yeah, like it came out like, yeah, he was the one who said, yeah, we're gonna go. No, we're going over there to go talk to him. Yeah, I, I, I love what that they say. Too. We're going because you know you're a team captain, right. and a lot of times it's an honorary for the most part. You get to flip the coin, you talk to the officials, and that's kind of your role. Yeah, this is one of some of the things that you don't think about signing up for when you're a team leader, and everybody stepped up. The, the coaching staff, the Joe Burrow, and the captains did and you know if you've watched it you saw you saw um the captains go to the other locker room and you saw the coaches get together and so that was an inspiring part of it that people immediately realized this wasn't a football story anymore this was a human being story and there's no way they're going to play the game and so i'm glad that people came to that conclusion really quickly the only other thing is well we'll call it 99% has been the good outpouring. There is that 1% that's awful. And that's yeah. kind of been directed at T Higgins, who honestly, he did nothing wrong. Yeah. He it was doing his job. It's a, it's a freak accident is what it is. Yeah. And I saw that his family even said so in an interview they had that, yeah, you know, he had reached out to them numerous times. It's a football play. It's a freak accident. You know, it's yeah. ridiculous to blame him. So I hope he's okay. That's, he's going to have trauma too. Right. And I'm sure Demar, once he's better, will be the first person to say, no, he did nothing wrong. Yeah. So, so you know, wishing him the best. Yes. We'll talk about our office. Yeah. You, well, no. you tell the story. You're, you're closer to it. Yeah. So as much of the U.S. <laughs> experience, we'll call North America experience because it was everywhere, um, a bit of a Arctic freeze between that Christmas, like right around Christmas time. That at least hit here. So during that last two weeks of December, when it was going across the country, here it was, as my wife put it, it reminded her of when she lived in North Dakota, when it was the negative 30s or lower. So we had a pipe burst in our building. Yeah. And our office has some damage, as does the entire building because it flooded. Yeah. So um, due to the cold, it's. I think a lot of businesses around here and homes had the similar issue. I know the high school here where in my small town had a similar issue. They had a sprinkler bur- freeze and burst and it flooded half the school. They had standing water. I think those, they had it a lot worse than maybe our office building, but we are 
not going to be back, going back for a few weeks. Right. So, um, you know, it stinks in some ways, but, you know, we're used to working from home, <laughs> not our first time working from home for a week's at a time. So we're used to it. We can be normal. Yeah. It's cosmetic for the most part, carpet, yeah. that kind of stuff, servers, all this other stuff. No this major is, electronics or damage or anything like that. So this is breaking news to you, but there is a group of people getting together tomorrow at the coffee shop in my neighborhood and working from it on a Friday afternoon. Huh. Well, um, <laughs> including possibly including someone on your team. All right. Well, depending on if I can get this is more inside baseball, a new computer set up for our, on our incoming new intern. Um, I might be making my way down there tomorrow. Oh. Afternoon. So well, we'll connect yeah. and you can stop by and have a cup of coffee and say hi to everybody. And yep. Friday afternoon, first Friday of the year. Yeah. yeah it's kind of stinks, but you know, it is what it is. It could be a lot, lot worse. Right. It, yeah. It, it could be a lot worse. We could be a couple of the offices on the other side of the building or at the bottom, which are stripped down to their studs at this point. So, yeah. And you know, you gotta be careful of mold. So that's the next thing is that we're ever going to be back in. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm sure you've had water issues. My previous yeah. house, we had our basement flood before Christmas. It takes a little while to get it cleaned up, get everything fixed. Nothing permanent. It's just going to take a little time to get, get it fixed. So, yeah, that what stinks is it happened probably on Christmas Day. And, you know, no one's in the office of Christmas Day. So there's probably standing water for a day yeah. or two. And that's pretty bad. And, yeah. you know, it's hard to get emergency services out when it's a blizzard. And there's a lot of other places that need help. And it's after a holiday, it's not easy. So, Right. Yeah. And I know I was traveling. I was on the roads, not like I was going far. I was trying to make the 20 minute commute to my parents' house for Christmas and it took us an hour. So, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it was similar situations to everywhere. My brother-in-law was driving home from Columbus to Nashville and he said it took him seven hours to drive 180 miles in Kentucky at the, the worst of it. He said he had, and this is someone who grew up in Cleveland. So one of the top places they get snow next to Buffalo. And he goes, I have never seen this many accidents or people off the road or these conditions ever. Yeah. Christmas Eve, I was going to my parents. That was a Saturday. And my brother lives nearby. He was about a half hour ahead of me. And he was probably in the same place yours was. We decided to turn around. We could have made it, but it was a little dangerous. And so we decided to turn around and he got stuck and he was in that traffic for seven hours, could never make it home. So he had to turn back around, going back the original way and went to my mom's house, took him what's normally a two hour drive, took him over seven hours too. After the seven hours he was driving and keep in mind, he'd only made it 180 miles. Um, he just ended up getting a hotel. He goes, I'm, this isn't worth me sitting here anymore. I'm just going to get a hotel. I'll get up tomorrow morning and just keep going. So yeah. And he made it home fine. He said, I barely got about 20 miles an hour. Yeah. So that's a long haul from Columbus to Nashville, not going 20. Yeah. So, what do we talk about next? Inside uh, takeover? Yes. So that's one of the other things that happened over that between Christmas and New Year's. There was an yeah. insights takeover of the our EMI social channels. <laughs> so this was a stupid idea. Um it was kind of fun, though. We haven't, we haven't even talked about it in person. No, we haven't. We chatted about it, so we'll just do it live. Um, a few weeks ago, of course, I always have harebrained ideas, and 
90% of them we don't execute on and, you know, just roll their eyes and yep. some of them are good. I think this was a good idea. Um, we kind of, we will, we'll improve upon it, but we had the idea, you know what? Um, both Emma and Brian, you're out over the holidays for a week. Yep. Let's let Jared and I, the insights team take over and, you know, completely take over marketing, which, yep. You know. We had no idea what you were putting out. We just had a couple things like, hey, can you put these out for us? Because we had a couple. And I didn't even know, have there had to be a lot of trust because um, I appreciate that. I'll say that because um, you did, you, you literally just handed over the controls and we could have done pretty much anything. We didn't, we didn't push the envelope too far. We wanted to do this again because it was kind of fun. It gave us, it's probably a good way to us to think a little bit more creatively with content actually. Yeah, uh, we put out three blogs, which probably makes you and Emma want to roll your eyes. Y'all are begging for blogs all day long, and then oh, you have three for that week. We're out. <laughs> we, did, I know. we did three in one week, which is, you know, but a couple of them are, you know, we did one on the podcast. Actually, it's yep. worth a read. Uh, the fifth year, fifth anniversary of the podcast, so that's on our Intellicast LinkedIn page, um, which I think is pretty good. And another topic that we'll talk about in a little bit, Chat GPT helped me with that one, but it yep. also references prints. But, um, you know, fifth year anniversary of the, of the podcast, that was one of the blogs and a couple other blogs and lots of tweeting. Um, and it was, we kind of had had to have fun with it. I was out of work. I was out of work, actually. last. I was off last week. So Jared did a lot of legwork and it was hard to find time to kind of put it out. And also, you know, still have that, you know, marketing strategy around it. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't want to put it out at 10 p.m. or. And, you know, I tried to, to put it somewhat, out, that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. I tried to be somewhat strategic, although, you know, we have a little more leeway. It's a holiday week and lots of people out of work and, yep. you know, behaviors are a little bit different. So I felt a little bit comfortable doing it at different times. But yeah, was, I thought it was fun. So we put out, let's see, we put out the three things that we, we should be talking about more blog, which was about the SMR thing. We'll talk more about that in a second. Chat GPT yep. and being privacy legislation. We'll talk about all three of those topics here in a second. Um, that was one of them, the podcast blog. And then we summarized a bunch of open-ends from research and research in a blog. Um, and then some tweets. That's that's what we did. It was yep. kind of fun. What, what, did you monitor it? What, what was going on your end? I did light monitoring of it. That okay. I caught the Boxing Day jokes you made. Okay. Um, <laughs> after that, I was like, nope. I, I said I would be hands-off, and I was. I, when I came back on Tuesday, I did read a couple of the blogs and stuff like that. They were good. But no, I, it was hands off because for that week that you guys did the takeover, I was actually riding solo with two kids. So okay, I, I spent maybe ten minutes checking emails a day, but that was about it. So yeah, it was just, it was just kind of a try something different, right? Yep, um, and see if it worked. I don't know if it worked. We'd love feedback. Give us some feedback. Those are a couple of those blogs were probably pretty good that you'd probably prefer in an ideal world to put out. Um, not on December 26th or 29th or whatever. Um, so we'll continue to promote those. Um, but, you know, hopefully we'll do that again this year. I'd probably like to do that. You probably put a little bit more planning around it yep. this year. A little more planning, that. a little more, all right, this is what we kind of want to do. This is how we're going to measure it, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. This was more of a trial, like, all right, what is it going to look like? Yeah. Can we trust you to do it? Okay, check. Check. Was the content okay? Yeah, check. And then here's the 10 things we need to do to improve it. That's really what we got to do. Yep. So, yeah. So that was kind of our, if you are still hanging on and we are 20 minutes in and have not talked market research at all. We got a lot of news to talk. 
we got a lot of news to talk about still. We should probably get into it. Yes. Um, well, you kind of teased us a little bit. Um, on our last episode that we recorded, not counting our best ofs, we talked about the SMR election and the misconduct that was announced and that they were going to redo the elections. And there was a whole situation around that. Well, we have a bit of an update. Um, just in the last couple of days, an Amsterdam court has ruled that S the that SMR election misconduct allegations against his former CEO, Dr. Parvis Khan, have, quote, no support in the facts whatsoever, end quote. Um, there are now some SMR members calling for an independent inquiry into this entire situation. What do you think about this? This new twist. First off, in the blog we just mentioned, people are not talking about the story enough. Kudos to Ray Pointer and a lot of people that are driving discussion on LinkedIn. But when I talk to people about it, most people don't know about it. And SMR is really our global governing body in research. And when you have potential fraud um, in an election for um, you know, a nonprofit that is supposed to be governing our body in terms of integrity, yep. um, that's a big problem. Um, I thought, I, I think that Kristen Luck and the SMR board um, handled it really, really well. The response was quick. It was transparent. Um, they said there were certain things they couldn't talk about because of the court case, um, which, I, you know, you have to appreciate that, right? When attorneys get involved, you better listen to them. Um, and then this comes out. First of all, how did the judge get the rule on this? Like within two weeks. That's the first crazy thing. That's a quick that's a quick turnaround. I'll say that. And the judge get I mean, how do we take that Amsterdam quickness? The speed. Speed of like decision making. Like that was a pretty strong statement too. It wasn't like a flimsy yeah. statement. Um so I would encourage people to kind of read this and get to know it. It's kind of a little bit complicated, but their interim CEO is now returning to um Takeover for um, Dr. Khan, who was allegedly um, one of the people that had committed the fraud of some sort in the previous election. And that is what the judges ruled that there should be no, there was no misconduct against um, Dr. Parvis Khan, uh, no support in the facts whatsoever. Um, and then SMR sent out an email stating as such. So it'll yep. be interesting to see what happens here. It is, and this is after what was it that Friday the sixteenth that they had done the kind of meeting. A two hour Q and A, yeah. Uh, the meeting with the Q and A. I know you yeah. and I both listened to the recording. Um, if you are an SMR member, I would recommend going to listen to that. It does give some additional details that were not in um, the news releases or anything like that, and they went yeah. pretty in depth into that. So having Listen to that, and now reading this, it just the the plot thickens for me. Like, yeah, it's it's going to be challenging to recover from this. Now, this has I think they would have kind of easily recovered if the judge hadn't released this. But if if the judge had been in the agreement, yeah, we're moving we on. Move on. At this point, hey, you did the right thing. But now it's just like, all right, well, yeah. what now? It, it was, almost has to be an independent inquiry at this point. You need a third, a yeah. third neutral party to come in and say, 
well, this is what happened. This is what was done and all of that. And keep in mind, um, the president of SMR and the board are volunteer positions. Correct. They are not this, paid the big bucks. This is right. They're not paid the big bucks. Um, it's like Insights Association. We all have day jobs. We volunteer to try to help the industry, try to um, create standards and best practices and all of those things. So a lot of these people um, that ran for the election, um, that's, that's, that's problematic. I mean, right. they have to go through this. That's, that's probably stressful. I mean, normal day-to-day life and your normal job right. is stressful enough that you have to go through this. So I feel for them. Um, I think they'll get through it, but now there's another wrinkle that we got to, now we got to follow that. Right. So um, we'll talk about this as we find out more as well. So. Yeah. Well, so I don't, I doubt anybody from, they <laughs> will come on and talk about it. Maybe we should have Roy, uh, Ray Pointer on because he's really been leading the charge of the discussion. Yeah. And there's been some good discussion on, on um, LinkedIn. And so I would follow Ray Pointer on LinkedIn and, and, he, he's driving that. So good job to him. We'll put a link to his profile on LinkedIn into the show notes as well. Make it easier okay. for everyone to find it. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Yeah. So MR Web has launched a new service called Radar, which stands for Real-Time Analytics, Insights, and Data Activity Ranking. Um, and this is similar to other top ranking reports or top 30s like Insights Association, the old Hannah Michael, things like that. But they have said that they are going to update this list, quote, on a daily basis based on company data and news stories. This is something they launched late in December. Um, It does, if you go and take a look at it, it does have a lot of, hey, this, we try to get 30 out. We're looking to get six have 60 companies on here um, in the next couple months. We're going to make be making tweaks and changes. We'd love feedback. So it's more almost a beta component of it. Yeah. But um, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Okay. So you know the first place I'm going to go. Is the name. Yep. Is the name Radar. Pretty good, right? What yeah. do you think? I like I it. Pretty good. I like it. All um, they did was add a letter. <laughs> added a letter. Um, but Radar sounds like... Um, it's intuitively what they're kind of doing, right? So I yep. think they did a good job of that. The second thing is their logo. Have you seen their logo? Well, I saw it yesterday, but I forget what it looks like. I think the A, it looks like a normal lo- logo, just some black letters. But the A is like a Christmas tree. But I think it's like a piece of a pie from a radar is what it's okay. meant to be. So kind of like and, the old like battleship radar, that little triangle that comes out. Yes, that's the okay. A, but it, it comes out right after Christmas. I'm like, oh, there's a Christmas tree in the A. That's kind of weird. Um, but, you know, hey, this is good job for MR Web. They're a great resource that really hasn't done a lot to kind of push the envelope on any additional products or anything. Mm-hmm. This is right in their core competency. This is something they should be doing. I'm happy about it. If it's up to date and flexible, that's awesome. Um, reflecting what happened in the sector yesterday, that's incredible um so that's the big thing that's what i found most interesting so yeah so hopefully this i love all the other ones that are out there the you know the inside association top 50 which was the hanamai gold whatever ama um that's a great resource 
but this is gonna this might be driving some innovation if they're doing some real-time updates to it this might be, this might push it to be become the primary one we we refer to right because i mean they're already a hub for news you're gonna if you need to find news on companies um any sort of their press releases on financials all of that so i mean they have all the information there and yeah. that investment to get it updated i am looking forward to watching it over the next couple months to see how what changes are made and how yeah. how they how the rankings adjust yeah and you know i love it seems um i love this part of it if you know that something's wrong this is what they said in the yeah. In their own press release. If you know that something's wrong or just think you have a better source or estimate, we'd love to hear from you. If you're a research firm and like to chip in regularly or just contribute, get in touch. I kind of like that. It's like yeah. a very honest, endearing, hey, it's this is very beta. It's very yeah. like this is a beta. We know it's not perfect, guys, but we want to get it there. Yeah. So good job. I guess that's Nick Thomas and the Daily Research News Online. So good job. Yeah. And, you know, um, the logo, I'll get through the logo now that we're through the holiday season. I'll get past it. Okay. Next up, Beth Finn has been promoted to the chief client officer at Directions Research here in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, big news for them. Congratulations to her. She's amazing. If you know her, she's incredible. Um, so happy for her. Happy for Directions Research. I heard that she moved back from to, to Cincinnati from Chicago. So um, she'll be in the Cincinnati office. It, they're um, they work from anywhere at this point, but they're yeah. I think most of their employees are still here in Cincinnati. But um, good for her and good for the company. So congratulations to her for sure. Yes, congratulations to Beth. Next up, I found this one interesting. I know you do too. We've kind of been following the story last year. Um, but this is an update to it, that Congress has instructed the U.S. Census Bureau to provide transparency on its Ask U.S. panel project. These instructions were included in language that was part of the 2023 Fiscal Appropriations Bill, and it gives the Census Bureau 90 days to provide a report about the methodology, data collection processes, implementation costs, and procurement strategy behind this panel. And I know we've talked about it in the past on how like not a great idea, leverage yeah. private sector for this type thing. But what are your thoughts on this? I mean, for an industry that has one advocate in DC, um, kudos to Howard Feinberg, man. If Big we gave him man of the year awards, Howard would get it to me. Um, somehow one person um, really led the charge that most people probably aren't aware of this Ask US panel um, is going against the government. And, you know, it's hard to slow down government, right? They can kind of do what they want. They have a million resources at their disposal. But kudos to him for um, convincing enough people in Congress to deep dive into this panel. Um, I mean, they mentioned following his, basically his request, an inside association yeah. request. So we feel, as he does, that this um, the public sector should not, should not be competing with something that's available in the private sector. And so anything that's Ask US panel can do, we can do in the private sector. And so um, big fan of this, 90 days is not very long. And you know the, the, 
the person in charge of the US census is a, comes from research. So it'll be interesting to see how this happens. I don't know if this is a winning battle for the Insights Association, but we'll take this win. It's a small victory for sure. I mean, it depends on what that report says, because yeah. it made them essentially say justify this entire thing, which me being cynical about government, I'm sure it's yeah. going to come 50% higher than what they expected and two yep. years later. So this brings that interesting piece that I, it's like, no, you know what? Hold up here a second. We want some more information. Don't just start on this. So yeah. So congratulations to us, the entire insights industry, um, for at least getting more information on what the the U.S. panel, the U.S. Census um, probability panel, they were planning on building, spending ten million dollars on or whatever it was. Um, I think it was a little. I think your price tag was missing at zero there. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. We mentioned Howard in this last one, but we have another, this is more um, some news that came from an update that Howard sends out on a monthly basis regarding kind of leg, uh, update on legislative pieces. Um, yeah. So there were a, first one is you wanted to talk about was that there is a new targeted state tax that's been implemented in Kentucky. Yeah. So the newsletter basically said that they, the Insight Association has been effective at removing this type of tax or oversight or rules in states with new legislation, except in Kentucky. Now, Kentucky is a little, it's right across the river from us. I'm yep. from Kentucky. Um, There's a lot of research in Kentucky, despite most people thinking it's a third world country, but it's on the border of Cincinnati and there's a lot of good research firms in the state. But basically, a sales tax on everything, and not just insights, but marketing also. So this affects your world and, yep. and the insights world. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I emailed with Howard this morning, and he said that no one's really starting to complain about it too much yet. But that 6% is going to start showing up in people's bills here pretty soon. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to see the reaction because people aren't budgeting for a 6% increase in costs. And you're right. just going to have to pass that through because um, the cost is what the cost is. Yep. Um, and, you know, there's low margins and a lot of research. So I'll be interested to see how this plays out. It's another one of those things that hopefully people realize. I think um, there'll be a line item in people's invoices that they don't understand coming pretty soon if you do research in Kentucky. And we'll see. And then I'm assuming as clients are going, what is this? And it's then going to lead to conversations with their state legislative representatives i'm guessing yep and in kentucky i follow this eerily way too much but in kentucky they only meet for 30 days the whole state legislature and it started like this week and so they're done in 30 days and they don't they cannot meet again even during covid um they only met for 30 days in january and february and then they're done and so uh, we'll see how much pushback there is on this um there's a lot of other industries that were affected right. by this this was sitting focus on insights i think there were something like 40 something like that um like tattoos were one of them and that's why i think there's going to be more pushback than if it was just insights yeah as your hat because it's going to touch on some of the larger one larger industries yeah. that may have some more upset and upset some more right. powerful people let's call it yeah 
the yeah. average person in Kentucky is not going to complain about Procter and Gamble having to spend six percent more in research in Kentucky, right? No, That's nothing. But they will for like Ubers, things like that. Other local businesses. Why is this now? Why am I having to pay this now? Or yeah. So I thought it was interesting. It's something to keep an eye on as all these states are new um, legislation around privacy and um, our economy is changing. And so there are things like this happening in lots of different state legislatures. Um, Kentucky was the one that got it passed and lots of other states didn't. So, but it's really interesting. Keep an eye on it. And please subscribe. If you're not an inside association member, you get it. I can't even say this enough. Howard Feinberg alone is worth the price of admission for Insights Association. His updates and newsletters, I had, he's, his update he sent today, I could barely scratch the surface on there with so much in it. I know. All the different things he's working on in all the different states, and it's complicated, and it's worth it right then. To understand this is very important for us because we need to advocate for our industry and for privacy. We're all agree with privacy, but we don't want to put a lot of we don't want to handcuff us either from a marketing standpoint, from a research standpoint, whatever it is. I think that we all agree again with privacy and data ownership and things like that. But, you know, sometimes it goes too far. And, right. Uh, yeah. And so one of the other pieces in his update that I found interesting was he gave an update on a few laws regarding research subject as employees or independent contractors. I know we've seen a few of these. Yeah. Um, these could, as they've popped up, these could be severely impactful, particularly to sample providers like us, because if you have to consider all of your panelists' employees, then that gets into hourly rates and hourly wages and things like that, and it could impact, a severe impact on financial components of the sample industry. Yep, and then I should have used this in a prediction blog from like seven years ago. I don't know, maybe there's a union, maybe a panel, there's a yeah. the panels respondents start getting in a union and say, I'm tired of taking the surveys I don't qualify for. Um, I'm only I'm halfway joking on that. Only um, yeah, only halfway. But yeah, there's um, the independent contractors thing is a huge deal. It didn't pass in California, but other states are trying it too. Um, right. So um, just lots of big um, stories and very important topics on our industry right now between SMR, between uh, legislation, the independent contractors, um, the census. These are big stories. Um, And then, you know, we'll talk about chat GPT too. That's another big thing that's affecting our industry as well. But um, follow Howard Feinberg for sure. Right. You want to move on to our chat GPT discussion? Yeah, let's Um, do it. I don't know about you, but my LinkedIn has blown up about chat GPT over since we came back from the holidays. Yeah. Um, You and I went down this rabbit hole just the the last week I was in the office in mid-December. Yeah. For people who don't know, it is an AI chat bot, uh, more advanced than many out there that can write and produce content and answers essentially that is like you're talking to a real person um so um also if you aren't a member jamin has a group of mrx pros that meet on tuesday after 
for us afternoons for West Coast lunchtime. And this was actually his topic this week. And he kind of yep. talked about how he's been playing with it. Um, some of like the pros for market research. And that's kind of what I thought we should probably talk about is what are some of the pros and cons that this could be for market research? I mean, yeah. there's lots of impacts to various industries, but I think we keep it focused on market research for the time being. Yes. Um, well, first off, I am really excited that Jamin got involved in this as an innovator. And we talked about just a few, not that long ago, like a couple episodes ago that um, we want to make sure that Jamin stays in this industry, right? Yep. And I promise you uh, that he is thinking how to monetize this and how to leverage it for our industry. Well, think about it. Um, I don't know if you saw this news story yesterday, but Microsoft is going to be leveraging it for their own monetary value with Bing that they are going to incorporate it in there. So as you are trying to increase people's usage yeah. of the Bing search engine, that will be much more conversational as you're yeah. searching through that. Well, here's how I, I and we have used it, just kind of playing around with it. Right. Um, I, and and it it's almost instant. So I created a quantitative questionnaire. I gave it some objectives and said, write me a quantitative questionnaire. It did a really good questionnaire in 10 seconds, probably 90% of the way there. Mm -hmm. it, um, it can build a discussion guide. We did that for some qualitative objectives. We took 3,000 open ends, threw that in there, and told it to summarize it and give us themes. And it gave us both quantitative data and qualitative summaries of those themes. Um, we used it to update conference submissions, update yep. our bios, update our LinkedIn profiles, give us witty, um, cool names for titles of things like blogs. Um, all three blogs that I wrote last week in some form or fashion utilize ChatGPT. It, it, it can have a good tone too. You can play around with the type of tone that you want. I did that in the this blog, the Intellicast five-year blog that had Prince in it. I wanted to be to really promote Prince a little bit more, so I kept telling him to do that. And there's a lot of Prince references in it. Some of them I wrote. Some of them I didn't write. ChatGPT wrote them. Um, it's not perfect. It has some problems, but right. Um, it can do a lot of things, and as people, really smart people, start leveraging it, it's kind of scary what all it can do. I mean, there's stories about how it writes term papers. There are stories about how people use this bot to talk to other bots and reduce their bills by 20%. It passed the bar exam. Um, it does all kinds of really cool stuff. And this is just the beginning, right? We're not going to go backwards in terms of innovation. Um, this is something we need to start thinking about. Some people are scared of it. A couple of people internally are like, are we plagiarizing? Um, is this going to take away jobs? Um, I tend to think of it as support and how to leverage it for either our company or myself or our industry to improve or be more efficient. Yep. I think that's the best use of it. I, you know, we, we just talked that long ago. We talked to Priscilla McKinney not that long ago. We said, you know what? We have really cool things we want to talk about at conferences. Can you, can you write it better than us? We're, like, yeah. you're good at this, Priscilla. And she did. And we were like, oh, my God, we're blown away, right? Yep. Chat GPT can help. No, not as good as Priscilla. I'm not saying no. that. No. Better than me. Um, right. 
you know, if you come up with some cool stuff and I think you can teach it to do things, but something we should need to be thinking about as an industry. And so the Ch- the Jamin MRX Pros group is, um, he's been kind of leading the way and playing around with it. And there's a lot of people in that, that was Tuesday, I guess. How many people were in there? Like a hundred probably? No, it was a little light. I would say light. about 40. Okay. So that's Coming 40. Back from... Yeah. Some people were not probably not exposed to it. They're now playing around with it. And, um, it's pretty crazy. I think it's something we should be thinking about for sure. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I know you and I tested it. We went down that rabbit hole. Um, I, it's not perfect. I think you've mentioned that it is, it can be a useful tool to help improve your productivity. Yeah. Knowing its limitations. Yeah. Is when you mentioned like some of the like biographies and stuff like that we were doing, I, I found it got us like, 85, 90% of the way. And then yeah. that, that's a, that's a great time. That's less time I'm spending. I can spend on that to get yeah. it to a hundred percent. Now I have to go from 85 to a hundred versus from zero to a hundred. Yep. So that's, that's that increased productivity piece. Yeah. Um, one thing though, that we were discussing as part of this was some potential cons. I mean, yes, we talked about, you talked about how it can do the analyzing the open ends and Jamin actually walked people through that during his presentation on Tuesday as well. Um, But one thing you and I were thinking of as a potential con is someone hooking this up to like a bot farm or something. And how are you supposed to determine responses from this, from chat GPT as an open end when you have a bot running through it versus a live person when we compared answers and you can't really tell the difference. Yeah, so a lot of companies are now, um, Cloud Research is doing it. They've been very public with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Research Defender, who we partner with, yep. has a protocol review that is basically a pre-screening open-ended question that a lot of companies are leveraging to um, evaluate survey quality before you go to the survey. Right. And so we're, we're in beta mode. We're just, we're testing it right now. And so it'll ask questions like, what is your favorite holiday and why? What's your favorite food? Mm -hmm. And then based upon that, it uses artificial intelligence to give you a score on how good that open end is. And then in theory, you can block people that don't reach a certain threshold, right? Right. So you could block people that give you gibberish um, or didn't answer the question correctly in context, if you can do that, before they get to the survey. And that will improve survey quality. That's the theory behind it. A lot of work to be done on it. Us and a lot of other companies are trying to improve it and kind of hone in on the perfect little dials to make it perfect. We tested those same questions with ChatGPT. They were too good. Like, right. So, you know, the joke that we said was, well, now we have to flag bad open ends and we have to flag the too okay. good. Open-ends. Too good, yes. So because it was going to answer it perfectly. Um, and that's a problem and that, especially as people that, if you're trying to commit fraud, you're already thinking with kind of a, maybe the word, not, word's not evil, but you're trying, you're up to no good. You're definitely going to be using this. And if you can, if you can teach it to write a, a good open end with context, you can teach it to do answer a quantitative questionnaire. Um, you can tell it to pretend to be a certain person, like a doctor, oh, Hey, pretend to be a radiologist and answer this survey. It will do it. I promise. An ITDM. It will do it. And that's the easiest way to 
to um, identify poor quality respondent is all oh, their ants. They don't feel right. Um, they don't seem like they're really a radiologist. They don't seem like they're an ITDM based upon those responses. They wouldn't mm -hmm. have said this. That's going to be a little bit more harder to determine. It's going to be gray area. Um, we wouldn't have removed any of these open ends. There's no way. You would, no. you would consider them to be the best open ends. That's certainly a way that that's a, certainly a con of this that um, we have to figure out. Academic world has to figure out um, because are kids going to write term papers anymore? Write me a write me a seven hundred word or a seven thousand word essay on yeah. the pros yeah. and cons of you name it the Vietnam War. Yeah, it'll do it instantly. Right. And it's not plagiarism. I, I look plagiarism. I looked it up. Since it's something artificial is doing it, mm -hmm. you're not. There's no crime against a person. It's not plagiarizing something else. So it's. I guess the question would would be because professors have sometimes run those papers through like a plagiarism check tool. Would yeah. that come up with it? But also, I mean, how do you even check? Let's keep it in the academic world for a second. How do you even check that that was used versus someone who spent the time, spent 10 hours, researched it, and wrote that versus someone who went to this and said, oh, the morning of, oh, crap, I forgot to do this. Write me a 7,000-word yeah. essay that took 45 seconds. Yeah, there's talk of maybe trying to put, like, what do you call it, like a virtual white mark in it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, like a watermark? Uh, yeah, watermark thing. Um, I don't know how you do that. I don't see how it's possible, but. I don't know either. There's a, there's people be, are trying to figure that out right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see, see how this evolves. The new version of this comes out, I think, in spring. It's supposed to be 500 times better. Um, well, one thing we did find, and I will credit um, Tim Cornelius with this because he posted this on his LinkedIn that third week of December about this. One limitation is that it cannot answer anything post 2021. So if you ask it a question like, "What is, what is a news, what is a top news story? What's a news story that's happened in 2022?" It yeah. says, "I can't." It can't answer that. Well, today, so, it can't. today, but, right at this moment, as we're speaking, it yeah. can't. Potentially in the fall or whenever the new one comes out, it could answer at any point time period. So part yeah. of this is understanding its limitations and. Yeah, maybe that's how us as a, we as an industry need to figure out to add new quality checks to get this piece of yeah, all right. How is this? Do we we know its limitations? Say the new one is anything in the last three months, and it's name a news. Tell us a news story that's happened in the last three months. There's yeah. going to be a little more checking behind that, but if it can't answer it, then you kind of know. Yeah, for a for a traditionally slow moving risk adverse industry this is gonna be a, that's a challenge right. is you know if this were 10 15 years ago it'd take us four years to even start thinking about this like it and at the speed and the rate that things are going now you can't do that and hopefully blockchain when blockchain emerged everybody scrambled and jumped and and a lot of people invested and we learned about it and we started becoming experts in it same thing with like apis so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my initial reaction, we were probably a little bit slow to adopt APIs and leverage them as an mm -hmm. industry. But I think we're much more innovative and tech-driven industry, certainly than we were 10 years ago, probably five years ago. 
And with all of this new money we have and all of these new entrants into the insights industry, um, I think that people are right now are leveraging this to how can we be better than our competitors? How can we build a new product? Well, something that came up in the discussion room I was in during the Jamin meeting on Tuesday was like, how can you tie the chat GPT to, uh, if you remember the AI that was creating images, like headshots yeah. of people, yeah. how do you tie those together? You essentially can get an AI to write you an entire report. Like how can oh. those two be tied together to get not only the text version of the report, but also the visuals created within minutes. Yeah. Like imagine that, like just yes. the speed of which you can create that stuff. Somebody was telling me who works um, in programming that you can put in like a coding and it'll, it'll, it'll code it for you. So if you say, I want to do this using Python code, or I have this error message, it'll fix it for you instantly. And so for some people, that's an improvement. For someone like me who doesn't really know how to code, but sometimes I have to, have to, and probably you too on the website yeah. and things that you do, right? Maybe You're not a coder. Coding. You don't know all of this. You don't know, right? You're not an expert on that, but you, yeah. have, to do, you have to figure it out. This will figure it out instantly with context on what you did wrong. Um, so there's some advantages, but that'd be an advantage for me and you. That's a disadvantage for someone who spent their entire career learning coding language that they get paid when me and you have to call them up and say, fix this. We've had to do that yeah. many times in the past. Yes, we have. I know enough <laughs> to break something. Right. We've broken a lot of things and maybe we can fix them ourselves now. I don't know. Yeah. Right. I think I could write a book, by the way. I've told, I've told this story. I think I could write a book in a day if I put my mind towards it. And I'm, you know, we, we've been talking about writing a book for a while. We had someone on the podcast a couple months ago that was yep. um, at your... You could have a draft with the help of this nearly done. Like in yeah. two weeks, you could have a draft done. Yeah. And a lengthy book, not just like yeah. a 10-page book. I could have a full book done in a couple weeks. Write me 25,000 words on this using this, and you just have it would just be a matter of incorporating all the components you would want. It would yeah, here are the chapters. Here's my yeah. chapter titles. Can and we, the two weeks the isn't necessarily for it to process it, it's more you tweaking and tailoring the yeah. parameters you're putting in. I'm surprised that would have been cool. I wish I'd have done that. I wish as soon as I found out about it, I immediately wrote a book and got it published, and I would have been the first person to write a book. Using 95% yeah. artificial intelligence. I don't know. Anyway, boy, we have gone long. This yeah. is an hour-long podcast. Are you still listening out there? If you are, we are, Brian and I have been discussing potentially new intro music. Um, oh, yeah. Send us your suggestions. When we have a couple suggestions, we are going to put that up on our social pages, our LinkedIn and our Twitter for people to vote on. So send us your suggestions. We have a couple internal suggestions, a couple that I've had to veto already as well. No, well, we could go back to Taylor our list. Swift. And get a couple I said ago. no. Well, Emma has really, I mean, Emma has to listen to this, so she'll hear this. Um, she doesn't have a great taste in music. And but having said that, she would say, I have a bad taste in music. I would probably say you, me and you are somewhat similar, but you and Emma probably aren't similar either. But um, I have a feeling you and I will have to be the deciding vote. It'll be something that we can listen to, right? 
Correct. She also <laughs> suggested country and I vetoed that because I yeah. think it's well documented my distaste for country music. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I did, yeah. I, I did say to her though that you would go folk music and I could live with that. So you can live with it, but it's not gonna win either. I know not to try to push that through because you know, you, you gotta listen to it, you gotta push the buttons and you gotta program it. It's gotta be something you can deal with. I know that. Yeah. So, so yeah, but send us your suggestions of something that We've had this EMI song for so long. I know. It's, it's incredible. Um, but, you know, it's time to maybe freshen it up. Yep. Well, I think that's everything. I mean, we're over an hour at this point. Well, this is two, this is two episodes in one. So, Happy New Year. Um, thanks for listening. We had a lot to say. Clearly, we haven't recorded in three weeks. Um, we'll be back soon with another episode. Send us any topics, music suggestions, guests. Um, if you want to come on, we'd love to have you. And um, Happy New Year. Six years. This is crazy. Um, thanks, everybody, and have a great week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.